All right, so um, I think we can probably get into it now. Yeah, well, I, I, got, I got one more for you. Well, we'll, oh, we'll okay. get into it, and then because I've got questions for you too. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm flipping this around on you. Yeah, for You're sure. Podcast from me, and I'm going to get podcasts from you. Welcome to a savage journey of marketing and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Patrick Savage. Thanks so much for joining me. It's my hope that this podcast will help you and your journey to live the best life you can and enjoy every day of your career. I pledge to you that I will bring you the best information I can. And if there's any information that you would like to know, leave a comment on the show or send me an email and I'll make sure that I can cover it. Y'all, I'm sorry about the long delay in this, this second episode, but this COVID life is a strange one. Hopefully all of you out there are safe, healthy, and well. Uh, and in this episode, I had the honor of speaking with Madison Taylor, a student at East Tennessee State University, for her class podcast assignment, Through Lens. So here's an excerpt from that interview where we talk about COVID and its impact on creatives, the professional photographers of America, the rise of technology in the creative industry, and entering the creative world as a college graduate. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your time. And if you would, like, comment, and subscribe, and let me know how I'm doing. Without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome back to Through the Lens, a pro- uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, a podcast of all things photography. Today, I'm joined by Patrick Savage, who has done a lot of work with the Bristol Motor Speedway and now owns his own pro- uh, photography and graphic design business, Savage Creative. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Madison. And uh, hopefully I'll have some pearls of wisdom for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, especially during this time. Although a lot is crazy right now with everything going on with COVID-19. And um, we just had a bunch of natural disasters in Chattanooga. And we were also affected by it. We were supposed to have this interview on Monday, but we both had technical difficulties. So it's crazy. Yeah. So going off of that, I know, personally, I had a job as a photographer with the East Tennessean, and now, because of COVID-19, I can't do much for it because we're not allowed to go places. So I was wondering how your business has been affected by that, not only with photography, but graphic design, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kind of a weird time to start your own business. Uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, I've, I've survived worse. I've, I've survived the, the mortgage crisis of 08 and everything else. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that's the one great resilient thing about America. We bounce back. Right. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of weird. Um, my, my last day at Bristol Motor Speedway was February 14th of this year. Um, we, you know, I'd been there for 10 years and uh, the start of this year, um, had decided to to step away to start my own business to do my own thing, and through the wonderful support of my my former employer, I love I love the team. Uh, some of the, the those are the ten best years of my life. I mean, the battle at Bristol and and NASCAR races and NHRA races, and it was fantastic. Um, but you know, I was looking for more, um, so I stepped away and to to step away it wasn't totally a leap of faith i had lined a few things up before i stepped right. away and one of those things was that i was going to subcontract with nigel kenray photography um, and the team at nigel kenray photography is fantastic they are the premier nascar photography team um, so i was going to be the fifth or sixth or seventh guy in that team and so i had already kind of subcontracted with them to shoot about i don't know 10 races 
uh, in NASCAR, which is a great weekend. Um, it's usually a four to, to five day assignment, depending right. on depending on the race weekend, um, which, you know, was a, a steady income. Um, right. As I got started, you know, that was one of those things that I'd already knew how to do. And I could do in the interim while I built up other verticals in my business. So when they canceled the race at Atlanta, that really hurt. I mean, that, yeah. you know, I, I remember when the text came across and it, it was no sooner did I get the text from them that I got an alert on my phone from ESPN and my wife just kind of looked at me and said, what now? And I was like, eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that was kind of interesting. Um, and then, you know, graphic design wise, uh, I utilize Upwork. So, you know, I, I've been continually bidding and looking for jobs on Upwork, which is difficult, especially in this time, yeah. because, you know, there's a lot of graphic designers that are not right. home, um, some of them with nothing to do, and right. they thought of looking on Upwork, too. Um, so the competition has been pretty stiff on there, and uh, that's kind of a, a bummer, but, um, you know, one of the other things is um, another vertical in my business is real estate photography and videography. Okay. So uh, that is deemed an essential service. Yeah. And I have continued to shoot um, residential and commercial buildings uh, for a real estate client that I have. Um, actually, I'm going to shoot a house when we get done with this. And I shot a couple um, earlier or later last week. But the weird thing is, is in talking to some friends of mine who are photographers and do real estate too, they're like, well, volume wise, we're doing about 10% of what we normally do. Yeah. Um, because real estate's kind of a weird real estate photography is kind of a, a weird vertical. Um, because March, it really starts to ramp up. And then by the time you hit July is kind of peak season and then it kind of tails out, you know, so theoretically, um, I should be shooting like three and five homes a day during this time. And I'm shooting three to five a week. Yeah, so it's, and it's that's definitely a big change. Right, yeah, it's a big change, but, you know, you, you just kind of survive and, and you right. just keep going. And I think that's kind of one of the most important things as a freelance photographer. Um, you have to, you can't just focus on this one vertical or this one right. niche or this one industry because if, if that kind of tails out, um, and, I, and, and I'm kind of weird in the sense I'm not a retail photographer. I don't do weddings. I don't do babies. I don't do engagements. I don't do family portraits. I don't do retail work. All of right. my work is commercial. It is to, I mean, it's, it is not directly to the consumer. Um, so that's, that's kind of difficult too, because if all yeah. businesses are shut down, all my clients are shut down. Right. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a member of the professional photographers of America, which uh, I feel is vitally important for any photographer that they join the professional photographers of America, um, because it, it gives you all kinds of marketing tools. Um, it gives you all kinds of legitimacy in being a professional. And, you know, they're talking about all of these, um, porch minis where photographers are going around to former clients and they're taking COVID photos of them oh my gosh. from a distance, like from the right. sidewalk, the family kind of comes out onto their front porch and they do a portrait. And some of them have been hilarious. You know, I saw one um, the other day where a dad had, he had drug his desk out into the <laughs> front yard, put a bottle of whiskey on it, kicked his feet up and he was wearing oh a suit goodness. and tie. 
the mom was in her pajamas with this very disgruntled look on her face and the kids were like throwing schoolwork papers into the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so there's, so, you know, photographers are finding a way and, and that's really right. what's important. You know, um, I think continual education uh, and just kind of sticking with it is always important. But yeah, I mean, Hey, we, we've, we're, we're resilient. We're going to bounce right. back from this just like we've bounced back from anything else. I'm, I'm not that worried. For sure. So you spoke um, about the Photographers of America. Could you speak mm -hmm. a little bit more about that? I, um, I'm not as familiar with that. Yeah, so the Professional Photographers of America, uh, I will do my best. No uh, problem. It is the oldest photography association in America. Okay. Um, and it is, I can't, I can't say enough. Uh, I've been a member now for, this is going on my third year, so I'm not yeah. an expert by any means, which you can be. Um, <laughs> you can be certified, so you could actually be a certified professional photographer of America, which is something I'm working on now and hope to have completed by next year. Um, but you can also get craftsman, master. You can get all these different levels of um, affiliation and association. But the biggest thing is, is it just creates a community. Uh, we have a conference every year. This year it was in Nashville. Last year it was in Atlanta. Uh, and it's awesome because you go and everybody is there and all these influencers are there because it was so fun. And, and of course, um, people knock on me because they're like, who are these people? <laughs> you know, you're just, you're, you're walking on the showroom floor and there's Joe Edelman, um, who is a, a YouTube, uh, influencer in photography. And there's Miguel Keyless, who is this huge YouTuber for Sony. And then there's Jeff Carpenter of Ready Light Media in Nashville, who's a huge Paul C. Buff influencer. So I'm just like grabbing these guys left and right. <laughs> and people are like, who are these guys? Like they're rock stars <laughs> for photographers. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's so cool. And then um, there's tons of demos and demonstrations and all the cool and latest stuff. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is that because, you know, photographers are all entrepreneurs. Yeah, they're all they're really solopreneurs. <laughs> so they also have a lot of lectures on marketing and bridging the gap. And they also offer not only um, which I which is huge for me, equipment insurance. So all my all my equipment, which, you know, can get really expensive. Yes. <laughs> insured. It's just a great organization. And yeah. it's, really, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars a year. Like, come on, people. Yeah. If you're spending thousands of dollars on a camera or thousands of dollars on a lens, you can't spend 300 bucks on the community a year. Like, you know. Yeah, I've never heard of that. So I'm, yeah. I'll have to check that out because that's. And, it's, and especially as a student, it's huge. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't. And, and there's a portal once you get your, your member number and you get a certificate, which is always mm -hmm. fun. Like, who doesn't love certificates? <laughs> right. Um, and you can go and there's all kinds of education, on-demand education classes about everything. There's, um, they have templates for model releases and photo contracts and wow. you know, all of these things that as a photographer you need, but you're like, right. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how to write that stuff. <laughs> the professional, the PPA, Professional Photographers of America, it's fantastic. Um, and actually it's, it's cool. Uh, there's a handful of us up here and we were talking the first of the year after Imaging USA, which is the big conference, that we need to bring a, what they call an affiliate. You have to have so many PPA members and you have to have a local chapter. And we're trying to do a local chapter because the closest one to us is like way down like Sevierville, Knoxville, <laughs> okay, an hour yeah. and a half away. 
So we can't really, you can't really drive an hour and a half right. two hour meeting or three hour meeting and then drive an hour and a half back in the evening. Right. That doesn't work. So hopefully in the next year we'll have a PPA affiliate. So. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. I know like a few of photographers around here, but I know it's not like a, a big demand more. It's more medical community down here. So it would be really yeah. cool to see, um, see that happen. And there's, you know, and that's the thing. There are so many photographers, so right. many creators, um, which, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think it's awesome. I, yeah. I, oh man, there is nothing more enjoyable to me than like geeking out and talking shop and talking photo with somebody Yeah. or just running into someone and them saying, well, you know, how do you shoot sports? Right. I'll follow them all day long. Like these are the settings I use. Um, this is the focus point that I put, you know, this is the kind of technique that I use. Because my technique, if I give you my technique, who says that you can replicate it? Right. I spend, I spend all my time, uh, a lot of time of my day, looking at influencers, trying to replicate some of their work. Actually, um, just this last week, I competed in a Paul C. Buff photo challenge because um, stuck at home, nothing else to do. <laughs> right. Um, it was a, a <clears throat> color shadow challenge. So two hard light sources that you cross with colored gels on them. And mm -hmm. what it does is it creates colored shadows behind the subject. Oh, wow. So um, I did it and mine did not look anything like the professionals. Right. Uh, but I submitted it anyway, which is funny because I submitted it like right under the deadline. And then yesterday <laughs> I was working on some other stuff and I saw the file in the folder and I was just like, let's take another swing at that. My post-processing was so much better yesterday than it was Friday. <laughs> I'm just like, that's the reason I'm going to lose. Yeah. But that's photography. You, you right. learn it. And it's subjective. Um, right. Mm -hmm. uh, let, let me ask you this, because I started out as an East Tennessean photographer. Right. Uh, I covered soccer in 2002, 2003. Long time ago. <laughs> um, what is it about photography for you? I mean, why, why do you self-identify as a photographer? Um, well, my uncle, when I was younger, did a lot of photography. And so I kind of grew up watching him do it. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll try that. Maybe it'll go good. Maybe it won't. Yeah. And then I started doing kind of more artistic photography, you know, taking photos of my friends, experimenting with lighting and colors and fonts. And so I started with that and I thought, I kind of got a more in a more of an interest in it. And I was like, okay, this is something I'd be interested in doing. And at the time I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. So um, when I started at ETSU, I thought, well, I'll check out a couple of different things, see if there's any artistic photography. And there isn't really a lot of um, photography classes, but I started with the East Tennessean and um, I take photos for them and I realized photojournalism is something I'm more interested in. So um, going to events with the East Tennessean and covering them. So I think I'm not too sure yet, um, but I like to explore different kind of paths of photography so far. And with the East Tennessean, I get to go to a lot of different ones like sports and um I've been to a couple like jazz concerts and just different stuff like that. So I think it's really helpful in um, seeing what different aspects of photography that I like. 
So, so, and, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I love event photography. I love journalistic photography um, because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, leeway, you know, you yeah. can create some really cool shots and a lot of great art and journalism. And I don't think people understand that all the time. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a couple of dear friends here in the local area that are, uh, one of them's a former AP photographer. There's another uh, AP photographer. Associated Press, mm-hmm. um, and you know they've won multiple awards. Yeah. So, so if you were to enter one of your shots into like a journalistic award show, tell me about your best shot ever at, a, at an event or on the mm. side. Let me think. I'm not too sure. I think most of the events I go to are pretty. Um, hmm. They're, most of the events are ETSU events, so I haven't been anything like too crazy but I think probably one of the best ones that I did was for it was a charity event for um it was a hound rescue I believe okay and I think I I the one of my best ones was also working with you know moving subjects for me it's pretty difficult yeah. especially like animals so yeah um I was taking pictures of dogs and stuff there and there was this one picture I got of a dog smiling, which I like dogs, so maybe that's a little biased. But um, I think that was one of the best ones. But other than that, I've been to, like I said, a jazz concert. And that that one was one of my first events. And that one was pretty memorable. So maybe either yeah. of those two. I'm not too sure. Okay. Yeah, no, concert. I oh, Concert photography is so much fun. Yeah. Um, because they're putting on a show. And they right. put you know, there's lighting design and everything that goes into yeah. it. I, concert photography. I've not done, well, I was, I'm not going to say it, but I, it's been 20 years since I've done concert photography. Wow. Um, I'm old. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's cool. So, so what is your major right now? What, what's your, um, I'm in journalism. Okay. No, that's we didn't great. have like a photographer. I, I originally wanted to do like a photography based major, mm-hmm. but ETSU doesn't really offer that. Yeah. So they, I was in graphic design at first and I, or digital media and graphic design kind of stuff, but I realized I was more interested in the photography aspect and then kind of secondhand graphic design. So no. I started, oh. um, looking a little bit more into it and I found a journalism so and with that I can take like media classes that include photography include videography and stuff like that so no I think that's great my my degree is actually a public relations degree okay so uh I'm very similar to you I I went to ETSU and and was in my last semester of college and I had to take a few electives Mm -hmm. so I took like intro to advertising um intro to advertising uh, oh an, another page layout class and something else and about halfway through the semester it clicked and i was like wow i hate writing press releases yeah <laughs> like i literally hate i've written what in the my what now 15 year career as a professional i have written one press release and it was like pulling teeth Right. And, you know, I I realized very quickly that that's not what I wanted to do, but I had a passion for graphic design. Um, So in the last semester of college, I shifted my (laughs) entire career and um, 
kind of doubled down on what I was doing. And then when I got out, um, I hustled and mm-hmm. put a portfolio together, which anyone that comes out of the, the, the fine arts department, their portfolio mm-hmm. would have kicked my portfolio up and down <laughs> the street, but they weren't hustling like I was. Right. And I got a job two months after college. Uh, I was an wow. advertising coordinator for a final expense life insurance company, burial insurance. <laughs> I was designing pamphlets and rate books and advertisements for a basically a funeral expense. I mean, you want to talk about college kid, like, woe is me, my first job, this, this is boring subject matter. That was it. Yeah. Um, but I continued to be, so I'm 100% self-educated. I am a, a 100% self-educated creative. Um, now, I think, and you're very fortunate. I think your generation is extremely fortunate because it yeah. is like the freaking heyday of <laughs> like self-created creatives. Yes, like for sure. I mean, I, I literally think it has gotten to a point now where, and and now me as as starting my own business, like. I don't care if you have a college degree. I care about your content. Right. I care about your portfolio. Show me that stuff. I didn't have, when I started this in 2004, I didn't have YouTube. I was still getting books from the library and Xeroxing pages. I was tearing articles out of magazines. Um, I was printing out web pages because that, and and it really, there wasn't a lot. There was like, um, design magazine, how yeah. magazine, I think it was called layers. I'd have to go way back. It was like, <laughs> um, Scott Kelby and, the uh, professional Photoshop Pete, whatever, whatever the professional Photoshop thing was, it was like layers magazine. It was all about Adobe create. Cause you have to remember when I graduated creative suite had just begun. Wow. Like, I mean, that's how far back. I mean, you know, Quark, we were still laying out pages in Quark. And I don't even know if they teach you guys Quark anymore. No. Yeah, I mean, everything, everything now is InDesign, which yes. when I graduated was PageMaker. InDesign wasn't even a thing yet. Wow. So, I mean, like, you know, that's how far back I go. And um, like I said, I mean, I, I, I had a three-ring binder. It was like a four-inch three-ring binder. And anything I found, I would Xerox it, copy it, tear it out, two, three hole punch it, stick it in this folder. And I, it is still somewhere in this studio. <laughs> um, but that's, but that's it. I mean, you know, I was, but now you guys, YouTube, oh my gosh, like right. the influencers, the content that is just it's, readily available at your fingertips, yes. which I probably spend probably too much time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, honestly, like I get sucked down the vortex at night. Um, Cause now YouTube is on my television. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I just open up YouTube on my television. I'm like, Oh, what is Peter McKinnon talking about today? Oh, what right. is, you know, I, I think last night I probably watched three hours of photography tutorials before I even knew it. Like, <laughs> it's midnight. I'm like, Oh crap, I need to go to bed. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, there's, there's so much content out there and I think it's awesome for, for your generation. That was one of my points too. It's, a lot different and I know a lot of um younger people are getting more into photography and which is awesome right I, I, the more definitely. the merrier. yeah the more the merrier and um especially with the change in equipment now there's yeah. like um 
just high, like you can take a DSLR and have great high quality images with that, but now they're getting higher quality cameras in smartphones and people are using that as a way of photography. It's not ex exactly the same, but no. No. definitely not the same. Now I know the difference, I guess, because I use DSLRs, but yeah. there's a lot of younger generation that are using those. Right. As opposed to older generation that started with, you know, a basic DSLR camera and then worked their way up. Yeah. Which, you know, and, and again, that, that goes back to the whole young versus old thing. Right. I think that's the other thing too, is that, you know, when, when these established photographers got into the game, it was a serious investment. I right. mean, you know, you're talking, you're talking, let, let's, let's just even talk my generation. Cause you, you talked about your uncle earlier. Um, for me, it was a family friend, uh, Paul Schaffner. Paul Schaffner was the local photographer in my hometown and he was buddies with my mom and my dad. So he was always kind of hanging around the house and other stuff like that and taking photos. Um, but you know, this was the eighties. That's how old I am. Was a child of the eighties. Um, and you know, he had to have a dark room and he had to have right. a studio and he had to have these, these, you know, medium format Hasselblad cameras. So, I mean, you're talking like a 50, 60, $70,000 investment mm -hmm. to create a professional studio in the eighties. And a lot of these established photographers, that's what they did. So yeah, they were charging, you know, $1,200 a portrait or, or these different yeah. things. Um, and, and I'm, I'm old enough to remember when I graduated college, digital still was not a thing, mm -hmm. you know, um, there was still film like professional photographers were still using film and this is 2003, 2004. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I've, I've kind of ridden this wave myself. Right. Um, and I think it's awesome. I personally, I have, uh, I like to consider myself uh, an educated buyer. <laughs> uh, I do the reviews, I do the weighing options, and yeah. then I make the purchase. Now I have like my, my camera bodies. I am a Sony shooter. I have Sony A9 cameras. Okay. A9 is the flagship Sony mm -hmm. mirrorless camera. Um, and the reason I have that is because it's full frame. It shoots 20 frames a second. It's, it is the king, in my opinion, of sports cameras. Um, and when you put it up against the Nikon D5 and now the, um, at the time, 1DX Mark II for Canon and my A9, you know, it was the cheapest of those three flagship cameras. And where I am um, not purely a photographer, not purely a videographer, not right. a graphic designer. It was the best camera for me because I can shoot really good video, 4K video on it. I can shoot still really awesome stills on it. Now, it needs more megapixels. But like you were saying, when, when you look at real uh, uh, retail clients, they don't care. Like, right. they, they don't have that discerning eye to say, oh, well, you know, well, I took a, I took a picture on my iPhone 11 Pro and it looks just as good as that snapshot that this photographer took. And I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a photographer. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Like, like kind of like, like if you're, if, if you're subjective enough to go, my photo is better than that photographer. Maybe, you know, may, I mean, because you're also talking about something that might be watered down. Like right. the photographer that you're talking about as a retail consumer, 
well, did you pay $75 to some person off of the Facebook marketplace to give you a disc of 700 images? Quality is probably going to be low. Or did mm -hmm. you hire somebody like me who's a professional who's not going to give you a digital disc of 500 images, who's going to give you two right. <laughs> or you know, 10 times the money? Those are going to be better than those. But to mm -hmm. say that your cell phone photo falls somewhere in that range, yeah, you're probably closer to that other person. Yeah. Uh, but, but, that's, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think the problem right. in the industry right now is that there's this huge like, cell phones are taking my jobs mm -hmm. away, which I, literally I have heard this argument from professional photographers, uh, even a local photographer, um, older local photographer, who was a mentor to me in my early career, awesome guy. He recently liquidated his studio and got out of photography after an extensive professional commercial career because, wow. and it was at a, a, an ETSU game that I was shooting not too long ago. I said, man, why'd you let the studio go? And he pulled a cell phone out of his shirt pocket. And he goes, this thing right here. And I was like, really? Yeah. Like, dang, man, that's. And now, you know, I think a lot of brands, and it's the new phrase, lifestyle photography. Right. Yeah, I've definitely heard that tossed around a couple times. I get it. I, I, and again, this, we're talking about something that everything is subjective. Right. I, I, I get it. But I think sometimes that word gets a bad reputation because I think sometimes people are now using the term lifestyle photography to associate with cell phone photography. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily right. No. I think cell phones are awesome and I love right. the technology. Now, will it ever equate to a mirrorless or a DSLR, which I mean, even DSLRs, I feel like in the next five years are going to be a thing of the past. I don't mm -hmm. think you're, I think DSLRs are on the way out. Yeah. Um, I think mirrorless is taking over and you know um, I don't think, I don't think they'll be around much longer. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's that. I, I think it's awesome. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, as a person who, you know, soon you're going to have to be a consumer right. of all this equipment. <laughs> what do you think about the current state of, of technology and available equipment for, for the starting photographer? I think, um, if you're just starting out, especially cell phones are a pretty useful tool, especially if you already have one and you can't yet, like you can't afford a better quality camera. So I think they're a great resource for starting out, but um, I wouldn't necessarily say they're taking over jobs. I can see it in an aspect of it, but um, I think more clients no, and I can't speak on all clients, of course, but I think a lot more people will see someone with a, a mirrorless or a DSLR and then compare that to somebody taking pictures with their iPhone. And I think it's more like, I'm not quite sure how to explain it. I think it yeah. comes down to kind of credibility. You could use it for vlogging, you have it everywhere, and it's good quality. So I think they're definitely useful. So, and I think you have a point. I think, you know, like you were saying, when you're first starting out, because one of the important aspects of photography is composition. Mm -hmm. And you can, you, you know, composition is everything. I mean, right. that, you know, two people can take the same photo of the same subject and change anything but angles and exposure and mm -hmm. create a totally different um, photo. 
So, I mean, I, I, I think you have some, a point there, but I mean, you know, do you, would you feel comfortable with someone hiring you to cover an event with just your cell phone? I'm not sure. Um, that's an interesting question. I've never really thought about it because when I go to events, I'm always have, you know, my camera and my lenses and extra batteries and I'm always prepared, but, um, say I needed like a different lens to get a different shot and I couldn't change that on my phone. I think to an extent, I think I would be comfortable because it definitely is kind of easier in a way because you're not, you know, carrying around different lenses or carrying around different battery packs. But I think I would probably prefer to have my camera, like my actual camera. Okay. Cool. You know, and I, and I, and, and I asked that question just, just to kind of, to, to, to pressure you a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to think about someone who's paying you. Yeah, it's different medium because we're talking digital, but right. it's still the same concept. I mean, I think yeah. it's as crazy as an old photographer saying, ah, oh, those Polaroids, you know, those, those instant Polaroids are <laughs> right. way my business. It's the same thing as a cell phone. I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking about the same topic at a different generation. Right. You know, so I mean, to say that cell phones are killing professional photographers is the same thing as saying that Polaroid is going to kill professional photographers. Right. Didn't happen. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it's the same concept. Yeah. I like that you brought that up because like, <laughs> I was going to ask like it, photography equipment, both and software. I'm glad that you brought up mm -hmm. um, your experiences with the software. Mostly it, yeah. it is very different. I've taken film classes at ETSU and mm -hmm. Comparing that to digital, digital, it was like, wow, these are, it, it's, it's crazy to see how much it's expanded and how much it's evolved, like just yeah. equipment and software. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I have flagship camera bodies. You know, you don't have to buy the latest and greatest and most expensive equipment to yeah. get a good, you know, I, I mean, there was the longest time I, I was... <laughs> I have published nationally, I have, in my career, I have nationally published photos that were taken with a Canon T3i. Walmart, I mean, you can, you, literally, you can go buy one of those at Walmart mm -hmm. when, when I started as a photographer. I have, I have images that ran for NASCAR media that were taken with a Canon T3i. Wow. So don't tell me, oh, I can't be, I, I don't have, I gotta have a, right. I, it was a crop censored body. A crop censored yeah. body, like, I didn't need a 5D Mark II. I didn't need right. now. And now I have that stuff, you know, 10 years into my career, I now have those kinds of cameras because I've elevated myself. But, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I think starting out as a photographer, the most important thing is to get the best gear you can afford mm -hmm. and then learn the heck out of it. Yeah. I mean, know what every button does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally like, and I guess I'm fortunate in that way. I, I grew up um, in an extended family situation with my grandfather. So he was a very squared away dude. <laughs> Whenever we would buy something, he would not touch it or turn it on till he had read the manual cover to cover. Wow. Because that's just how he was. You know? Yeah. Um, so to this day, I am the same way. <laughs> now, I probably don't read it as thoroughly as he does, but... The first thing I do is I get out the instructions of the manual and I go cover to cover. Wow. And that's and definitely helpful. Yeah. Well, because I mean, again, I, 
Canon T3i, the most inexpensive entry-level mm -hmm. consumer DSLR. I was using it in a professional capacity for five years of my 10-year career. Yeah. And I think that's important, like, like you said, getting the best gear you can afford and then learning everything about it and just doing what you can. Like I used yeah. to, when I started, I was using like, for color photography, I was using a sheet of plastic with like marker across to yeah. and putting it over the yeah. light to change it. Like that, that is what I was doing. So I totally feel oh. what you say. Like just oh. learn yeah. all, like if you can't get expensive materials, and don't say, oh, I can't do this because I don't have the explicit material. You learn a way to get the same kind of effect. This is an art form. This is an right. art. You right. know, yeah, it's digital and yeah, it's whatever. It's an art form. Yeah. Look, I have, and you say that, there's not, no shame in that. I have, I've got a couple <laughs> of dollar store shower curtains that I keep in my go bag mm -hmm. because I might get to a location and need to scrim a window. Mm -hmm. I'll pop a $1 frosted shower curtain on that sucker and scrim a window. Like, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, I have one of the things that I have failed over the years to accomplish, and I, I, I've not given up on it. I'm just taking a hiatus because the last time I broke a broom over my knee, I was so frustrated, oh my gosh. is hand painting a backdrop. Oh my I, gosh. There is, there is, there is something so just romantic about that. Like to me, <laughs> yeah. there's like, it, I mean, you know, like I hand painted this, this canvas and your portrait was taken in front of my right. Like there's just something romantic about that yeah. as a photographer. So I, I have this scrap piece of, of canvas this 10 foot piece of canvas it's right here off camera <laughs> and that son of a i've painted it over painted it repainted it um so many times but there's something cool about that yeah um and if i can't ever get the dang thing to look right um i can't wait to take a photo on it yeah. but now i also have rolls of you know i've got savage bright white or whatever they call it super white i've got fashion gray um I even have some, uh, and here's another one. So wallpaper and vinyl flooring. Wow, I've never thought yeah. about using stuff like that. Oh, oh, let, let, come on, we're going to church. <laughs> come on, uh, yeah, but I mean that's that's the thing is like, it's an art form, right? You know, um, you don't have to have like you were saying. You don't have to have. Roscoe or Lee gels right change the color you can take marker and and a you can take cellophane wrapper like the, mm -hmm. the shrink wrap from yep. Michaels I've got three rolls of that stuff because mm -hmm. sometimes I just want to stuff it around the light I don't want the light to melt it yeah don't. I like that you brought up shower curtain because that's what oh, my I friends love, and I oh. used to use as backgrounds oh, I, love, I love a frosted dollar store shower curtain yeah are you kidding I used yeah. I used to take my shower curtain off of my shower and I would pin it up on the wall like across like over a window or something so my friends and I would have like a neat background. So I, I love that you brought that up because I yeah. totally relate to that. Yeah. Halogen work lights. Like are you mm -hmm. halogen work lights in front of one of those, it diffuses. Now mm -hmm. don't get it too close because the halogen will will melt. Will melt it. The shower yeah. um, and that's the other cool thing too, is like you can get an awesome video light less than 200 bucks now 
Yeah. Used to not be, I mean, like a Kino flow is $2,000. Oh like, my gosh. I mean, you know, the, the, and I think that's the coolest thing. All of this equipment and all of this access. Are you kidding me? I can, we can turn this on right now, broadcast worldwide. Yeah. I remember early in my career when I was still working for the newspaper, I actually shot and edited an entire 60 second news report just on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was probably one of the first in this area to do that. Maybe, possibly, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Um, I have no evidence to back that statement up, but <laughs> it's possible. Um, it was an iPhone four. I used iMovie. I shot multiple video clips with my phone, went to the bar, had a beer and, um, uh, put the packet together and broadcast it and, and uploaded it to the newspaper website all in an hour from my phone. Yeah. And I think that's a bigger part of a lot of people wanting to use more cell phone too. It's because it's a lot quicker. It's a lot more convenient. Like I could take a picture at the same event that I go to that I'm covering for the paper and I could have it uploaded within seconds. Whereas I have to come home, upload these photos edit these photos and then yeah. send upload them to to my work file yeah but somebody could take the same photo at the same event and have it uploaded within seconds so i think that's a lot of the push for using cell phones for photography and videography and stuff like that too. yeah and now like a flagship camera you won't find them without wi-fi or mm-hmm. even a usb or um an ethernet port built into mm-hmm. them too um a lot of sports photographers I know that shoot uh, football and soccer and other things, when they are on the end lines, they literally have an ethernet port or an ethernet cable plugged into their camera. And as yeah. they're shooting, it's being broadcasted back to an editing station. Yeah. So real time. I mean, you know, like you said, real time photography is, is huge now. Uh, yeah. I look at your generation and your, your, you know, you guys, and I'm like, cool. Come on and play with us. Like, yeah. How do we lift each other up? And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons I want to bring PPA to this area um, is because I want to create a foundation for young photographers and aspiring photographers to educate and uplift and become legitimized. I think that's a great point to end on because yeah. you talked a lot about being positive. And I think right now is a time where we definitely need to be positive. Yeah. Attitude and, and effort. Attitude and effort. Definitely. The world. Um, um, and I think that's, that's huge right now. Um, yeah, this sucks. Like I've spent more time in my basement studio. It's, it'll be all right. It'll be yeah. okay. You know? And I think like photographers just using <laughs> all the resources they can to just do whatever. And even yeah. that people will see that and be like, wow, that's him using resources in a positive way. Yeah. And like, I just think that's really that's really great. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let me ask you one more question in closing. For sure. So fast forward five years from now, you've graduated. You're out in the real world. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully photojournalism. I'd love to do, I'd love to be working with um, either independently or um, with a corporation like the East Tennessee or the Johnson City Press. Um, that's definitely something I'm interested in. And as a kind of backup plan, we talked about concert photography. I would yeah. love, love, love to do concert photography. That's also one of the things that started my love for photography 
and me wanting to pursue a career in it is concert photography. So either if I don't work out in journalism, then hopefully um, concert photography is definitely my backup route. Why and pick one? Exactly. Yeah, I could also do both. <laughs> I always do both. I, I suggest diversifying as much as possible. Definitely. Um, you know, will I ever shoot weddings? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> you know, like flipping from sports to real estate. Um, right. Uh, I also, during the downtime, I did some e-commerce photography. Um, you know, and I found in doing that, I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get more, you know, product photography gigs. Yeah. Um, still life stuff, which is really cool. Um, but yeah. So will, will Madison know that uh, I'm always here? I mean, literally, yes, any question sure. you have, please, please ask. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, again, you know, I, I think as photographers, it's important for us to build a community and build each other yeah. up rather than look at each other photographer as competition. Um, right. That's, that doesn't do anything but destroy us all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, th I think in closing, just know that, uh, you know, I'm here if you ever have any questions. And I think other photographers, uh, especially you. my friends, uh, will feel the same way. I will definitely reach out to you if I have any questions. And I'm sure I will going, learning more and getting more into it. But I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, Madison. Take care. You too. Thank you. Right, bye. Bye.